As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Coming up... Middleton makes his mark. We're going to dig deep on Doig. And I gotta have Wraith. My voice is quite raspy. This is Andrew Slavin's voice, in fact. And alongside me, JJ Bull. Hello, JJ. Hello. Nice. Just fun voice. No raspiness. And Laura Brannan. Hello, Laura. Hello. Hello. Um, Now, both of you kind of at the heart of the big transfer in Scottish football this week. Uh, Laura, obviously you being senior producer at Motherwell, JJ being an Aberdeen fan at TIFO. Um, But the reason I say this is because Declan Gallagher is on his way, Laura, to the the lovely Aberdeen. Uh, Signed a pre-contract there and it's going to be a big miss. Or he's going to be a big miss, not it. He is a human being. Yeah, I'm kind of sad about this one. Um, I like Declan Gallagher as a person. I like him as a player. I don't think this is a surprise, though, this move. Um, His contract was up at the end of the season. He's in the peak of his career. And he's also got a newborn baby as well. So he's he's kind of thinking of the future. He's he's got a a good move out of it. Um, He's making more money. Um, And I don't think anyone can fault him at this stage of his career to be looking onwards and upwards, really. Um, He's making a step up. Even if it, it maybe arguably not footballingly, uh, footballingly is that word, but definitely it financially. Is now. I, mean, I like that. <laughs> footballingly is really good. It's also the name of the podcast, so that's yeah, good. Well done. But it is definitely, uh, without doubt, financially, um, and it's it's set him up. It's set him up for the future. It's maybe it's maybe his, his last big move if you want to look at it in terms of his, his age and his career. But um, he's constantly he's worked his way right? up. Yeah, he's, he's almost thirty now. So um, I mean, he's constantly worked his way up um, from. Whenever he left Celtic's youth system and obviously went to Livingston and worked his way up to Motherwell and, and yeah, I think he's he's on his journey and he's doing well. I'm sad to see him go, but I don't think anyone was surprised and we all wish him well. Well, there you go. JJ, you must be delighted. Very good player. I think it's a really good signing for Aberdeen, yeah. I mean, uh, he's club captain, right? Motherwell, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, like, it's, it, um, it's something that McInnes used to do at Aberdeen, but I mean, obviously, it's it makes sense to sign captains from other clubs. That's Scott Brown coming in, that's Declan Gallagher. Um, Aberdeen clearly need a, a good centre back. I think Ash Taylor has his moments. Andy Considine is, I mean, the love of everyone's lives, but uh, I think having someone like Gallagher is going to be good. Like a Scotland international, international level footballer is what you want in. 
Um, and I, I mean, the thing is, he should be in European competition uh, as much as good as Motherwell can be at times. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen's probably a step up, and it means that they can play that kind of higher level. Whether that means like three places in the league, <laughs> <laughs> that that's much of a higher level. But like Europe, I guess is what you're looking for. If they're going to be in the sexy league and whatever else, but yeah, good well, yeah, yeah. And like I say the captain's thing is good because it gives you the leaders that you need in the team, the kind of determination, the drive. And it'll, it'll, it's even good for like younger players to look at players like that coming in. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's interesting because has he has he even lost a game since he's been playing for Scotland, Laura? Yeah, I think he was boasting about that stat at some point this season um, and he didn't play in the last international break. So as far as I'm aware, it still stands where we haven't lost a game where Declan Gallagher has played. So it's a good stat for Scotland. A good stat, an even better stat for him. Could be a good one for Aberdeen maybe next season. But um, speaking of Scottish defenders, folks, um, a pretty good clip came out in the week uh, from Oostend where Jack Hendry is plying his trade at the moment on loan from Celtic. His side conceded a 94th minute equaliser and Icelandic left-back Ari Skulason, um, sorry for all the Icelandic listeners out there if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, um, was getting right stuck into Jack Henry and Henry called him an airhead and a f- space cadet, <laughs> <laughs> which is a top quality insult, wouldn't you say, JJ? Uh, I love it. I wonder if he even knew what that meant at the time. Obviously, English is not his first language from Iceland. <laughs> Jack Henry, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either. I don't know. I like it a lot, yeah. Airhead, Jack Henry. Well, um, the funny thing was, Ustend, it was Jack Henry's birthday, and Ustend came out um, saying, Happy birthday, Space Cadet Jack Henry. That's <laughs> good. Um, but in other Scottish news, Scottish injury news, Laura, I have to say, bad news for the national side. Kenny McLean uh, is going to be out, suspected knee ligament damage. Uh, horrible, that, to be fair. Um, but Lyndon Dykes is also another one who is a severe doubt. He got su- subbed at halftime in QPR's win over Luton. These are big losses, Laura. Yeah, it's, it's kind of getting to that squeaky bum time, isn't it, of the season where you're just like, wrap them up, protect them at all costs. Do they really have to play at this stage? Um, Kenny McLean, kind of like um, how club teams say to <laughs> their players when they're playing National League sides. Yeah, but this is more important, isn't it? <laughs> but, no, Kenny McLean, I feel really sorry for because he, he scored two of the biggest penalties. I mean, he scored the penalty that got us past Israel into the final. Um, and also converted to his against Serbia as well. He played a massive part in getting us to the tournament. Um, and I mean, at the best of times, a, a knee ligament injury is probably one of the worst you can face in football. So to get that compounded by also missing the Euros, really hope it's not as bad as first feared. Um, but I think the fact he was on crutches is, is not a good sign. Um, Lyndon Dyke, so, so he went off at half time and I think everyone got a wee bit worried. But Mark Warburton did say afterwards that I think it was more of a precautionary thing because he knew, that obviously, with the Euros coming up. And it was just to kind of protect him. Um, last game of the season and all that. So hopefully, Lyndon Dykes has, has made it through okay. Ah, well, fingers crossed. Absolutely. Later on, guys, we're going to be raving about Wraith Rovers midfielder Ross Matthews. But first of all, uh, we're going to start with an All Saints Scottish Cup semi on Sunday. Get your semis on. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show, sponsored by Paddy Power. Middleton. Yes! So good! Glenn Middleton measures it perfectly. And St Johnson can start to prepare themselves for the 
Scottish Cup final. Okay, Callum Davidson, manager of the year, you two. That's it. End of discussion. I've said it for weeks now. So St Johnston are through to their second cup final of the season after a fairly hard-fought 2-1 win over St Mirren at Hamden. Uh, it was tight, uh, but St Johnston by far the better team really um, over the course of 90 minutes. You look at 22 shots in this match uh, compared to St Mirren's 9 uh, and it was 19-4 to just before St Johnston took the lead, Laura, and a pretty easy goal really for Chris Kane but he had hard work to get in front of Joe Shaughnessy. Yeah, I mean, even, well, like, see, before we get into each of the individual semi-finals, I actually think this was probably the most boring semi-finals we've had in a long time. Compared to the Hibernian game? I think compared to, no, no, not, I mean, as in the two semi-finals. both of them. Yeah. yeah, both of them. I think traditionally we tend to get very... Um, exciting semi-finals um, and I was a wee bit let down but I feel like after we were spoilt rotten in the quarter-finals so I feel a wee bit let down I think both games were really kind of just damp squibs to be honest um, wasn't blown away by either of them and saying that though look take nothing away from St Johnson if you're a Saints fan you are not caring <laughs> one bit that this was not a, a classic game um, yeah, as you're saying, they, they were the dominant side. Um, I think also an inspired sub as well to bring on Glenn Middleton. Um, the impact he had when he came on, I think it was to kind of stretch the game. When O'Halloran came on as well, um, Davidson obviously wanted to stretch the game. It showed, um, they showed great character and determination um, throughout the squad to to really kind of embrace that change and go on and get, was it two goals? In, it was two goals in three minutes, wasn't it? So About um, that, yeah. Yeah, brilliant from St. Johnson and... Look, to be honest, St Mirren did start to come back into it. Um, I think actually the most exciting part of the, the two semi-finals for me was when St Mirren scored. Um, and mm. I thought, right, great, we're, we're actually, kind of, this is going to be exciting here, we're getting a comeback. Um, but no, sadly, sadly for the neutral not to be, it was not to go to penalties and um, extra time penalties. But fantastic for St Johnson. You you cannot knock them at all. They have they've done extremely well to get to two finals in a year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. So um, I'll caveat this by saying I haven't seen the full game. I've only seen the highlights and the goals. But uh, there are certain reports you can read behind the scenes to see how games went. And it looks very much like, and from the highlights you can see this, St. Johnston did that thing where they're really aggressive in possession again, where they push mm. high up the pitch. So uh, they had ball position really high, like upwards of like, it was almost around 60 metres for most of the game. And it wasn't until round about uh, 60 minutes in, which kind of, Chimes with when I think um, Glenn Saint Middleton Mirren, came on about sixty-five minutes. Sixty-five minutes, right? So they 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 had less of the they're less aggressive with the ball, but they managed to get these sort of chances. And and the way like Kane gets across the defender there, like that's such a good finish, man. Like that's like the finish is really really tidy to get across the defender from there. And then obviously you can talk about Middleton's free kick being is it a knuckleball? I can't quite tell. The goalkeeper falls over. Right? Yeah. Look at, he falls uh. over and they're coming towards him, but like he's clearly shooting for that corner. Why is he so deceived? It's funny because I almost think that there has to be so much pace in the ball. There's definitely dip on it. When you, you look it. at when you look at the angle behind the goal, the ball ends quite centrally, and you kind of think if the goalkeeper just moves his feet slightly and adjusts himself, he should be getting a hand to it. So well, I can only imagine it's just a ferocious hit. Well, do you know when it's when it's a knuckleball, right? The, the, the reason it moves in the air like that is when the ball, the ball goes in a straight mm-hmm. line with no rotations. Mm-hmm. So, like, it mm-hmm. doesn't rotate, and that's where you get the weird. Uh, what do you, I don't know. Like, the the air makes it do weird stuff. Yeah. I've stood I've stood behind 
or in front of a free kick, a free kick taker specialist hitting these balls at you and you don't know where they are but I'm not a professional goalkeeper so this guy here <laughs> he must know where he's going and uh, there must be some amount of depth that he just had no idea it's funny it's made him fall over as though pushed by an invisible man in the penalty <laughs> area yeah it's almost like he's like ah no I can't get it quite funny um it's interesting, like the reports were picking up at how well St. Johnson were obviously being aggressive in possession. Because I, I really enjoy the first goal, because um, it comes straight from the back. I think it's uh, McCart who starts the move, and then it goes to McCann, and then Callum Booth, who had an excellent game again for St. Johnson, who finds Glenn Middleton, and then it's a pass through to, through to Chris Kane. But St. Johnson did that a lot. The, the passing moves that they had, they looked far more comfortable in possession and breaking between the lines, JJ. It was one of those things where I look at St. Johnston as a really good team right now, and I wonder why it's clicked in the second half of the season. Bear in mind, these are two sides as well that have knocked out Rangers in cup competitions. Oh, um, yeah. So a really, really interesting uh, game, but one that I think St Johnston seemed like a better coach side, albeit St Mirren were very good in the first half defensively. I don't know if they're a better coach side, but the thing with that is like when, when St Johnston aren't pushed up so much, so aggressive with possession as in their defensive line isn't so high to control. I mean, you had Jason Kerr. There's some highlights where uh, Jason Kerr is outside the, the D of the penalty area. That's mm. how far up they are. Um, but the goal comes because it's a quite a quick vertical attack. I mean, it's not hugely fast. There's not a lot of pace in it, but it's like all the all the passes are going forwards. They're, going, they're, they're vertical. And mm. that's one of the times when they're starting from a deeper place so they have more space to move into. So it's in a way, but like St. Mirren pushing up, trying to get at them, that's then... Conceded the space that they're allowed to to score with, yeah. Also, you can't say St. Mirren are not a good coach coach team. I didn't mean to Tim say they're Goodwin. not as good coach. I How think that you. St. Johnson were better coached into this game. They seemed far better, uh, far more comfortable going into this game. But when you focus on St. Mirren, I wonder if you know they've got to two semi finals this season. They've they've beaten Celtic, Rangers, and Aberdeen, but they've missed out on top six and they've they've lost both of these. Uh, cup semi-finals Laura does that take the shine off of what seems to be a good season I feel like St Mirren are, are the newly men this season they've mm. they've came so close on quite a few occasions now so two semi-finals they just missed out the top six as well by what was it a, a single goal in the end it was so St Johnston yeah <laughs> I mean this got hurt um, yeah they've, they've come so close that they've just been missing out and it's 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 kind of heart-wrenching for them because they will feel so hard done by and they'll feel like they've deserved it so much. But I think at the same time when you're saying, oh, well, they've just missed out, it says a lot that they're disappointed at only getting to two semi-finals. And I think you've got to kind of remember that for the, the size of club they are, the, the budget they've got and everything, all, all those considerations taken in. A team like Simran to get to two semi-finals in one season is still an excellent achievement. They haven't done it, Laura, since 81, 82, I believe. It's incredible. It, it's just, look, I get it. They'll be absolutely gutted they got so far and didn't make that one final step. But I think in years to come on hindsight, they'll look back and go, yeah, that was actually a really successful season. It might not feel it just now, but it will in the history books. It will definitely reflect that. Was Lee Irwin the nearly man in the first half, Laura? Probably St Mirren had the best chance of the first half. And then Xander Clark pulls off an absolute worldy save. I mean, he has to be in contention for a call-up for Scotland. Oh, hold on, right? <laughs> <laughs> I 
saw them. Did you see my Twitter rant yesterday or something? Um, yeah, I did, yeah. I, I, did, I did hear everyone. <laughs> like, okay, very unfortunate for Lee Irwin. Um, fantastic opportunity. Fantastic save by Xander Clark, right? I get it. Xander Clark is playing out of his skin right now. And he was the hero in the last round. He, he you know, he... And, and in doing inverted commas here, scored the goal that got them the 120th minute um, equaliser against Rangers. But yeah, he'll be remembered as the one that scored the goal. I get it, right? He's doing very well. But, and absolutely no disrespect to Xander Clark, but why is he the only goalkeeper that's getting mentioned as an alternative to the three? Because he's reached two right cup now? finals. Yeah, that, that, that's not fully on him, though. That's a team effort. That's that's a lot on Davidson. It's a lot on everyone else in the squad. And look, I was I was singing Liam Kelly's praises as I always do because I think he's fantastic. Um, just because Motherwell didn't get to two cup finals does not make Liam Kelly a bad player. He is younger than Xander Clark. And I'm not saying this purely as a comparison to Clark. There's absolutely no disrespect to him. I just feel that Liam Kelly, regardless of who we're comparing him to, should be in the Scotland squads. Even more so, I would be comparing to, comparing to John McLaughlin because he's not playing football at all. I I would just I'm, I'm the single um, cheerleader for Liam Kelly uh, to get him in the Scotland squad because the amount of saves that he has made and the amount he has turned around Motherwell's season since he signed in January, he has almost single handedly changed the form of the club. And okay, he doesn't have two cup finals to to brag about at the end of this season, but. He, I, I don't know. Can you can you honestly tell me that he's not as good as Andrew Clark? Neither of them should be near the Scotland squad. Also, I don't think um, Kelly played particularly well at QPR, and that's probably what's held him back. Like, but in DJ's, he didn't play a lot at QPR, which is why he's out on loan this season. Nineteen games, but yeah, I see what you mean. I take it. I just don't think. I mean, regardless, I mean they're not going to start either of them they were to get in the squad, are they? But, so. mm-hmm. okay, maybe not for this Euro squad, but looking forward, we've got three old keepers um, John McLaughlin doesn't play why should we be putting in a, a keeper that doesn't play but let's, let's face on the fact that you should really be playing for the Scotland squad on merit and on merit is Xander Clark not playing out his skin right now why shouldn't he be getting well, the call up well if, if you want to go skin? on that argument then Xander Clark and Liam Kelly should be in the squads John McLaughlin shouldn't be in the squad on merit and David Marshall hasn't even been playing just now so if you want to do it on merit your three keepers should be Clark, Kelly and Gordon don't you dare like, <laughs> sully, sully the name of David Marshall, OBE. <laughs> Nationalise Joe Lewis. <laughs> right, too much goalkeeper chat. Um, should we at least bring up the story about Riyad Mahrez, um, who could have been the hero for St Mirren, but in fact he was the hero for Manchester City. Have you seen this, folks? Yes, this story, it is an yeah. old story, but I like it. Yeah, it's a good story. Riyad Mahrez had a, a trial at St Mirren um, and failed. Um, well, who knows? I don't know if he failed, but he, he said himself that uh, it drove me crazy, Scotland. It was snowing and everything. I was so cold that one day I faked an injury to go to the locker room. Uh, this is him speaking to Lekeep. I felt that I progressed, uh, but I wasn't allowed to go, so I left in secret. A few days later, my agent said, Riyad, I've sent you a ticket. You take the bus right away. Get off at Glasgow Station and you get on a train to the airport. Then you take the flight to Paris. Uh, He said, I borrowed a bike from a guy from the hotel. I made my bag and I left without telling anyone, not even the lady at the hotel. I left via a staircase which avoided the reception. First of all, JJ, why didn't he tell the lady at the hotel? And did that bike return to the owner? 
I don't. I, I think part of the are. I think part of the story was that he didn't know where the bike is. He just sort of abandoned it as he failed. <laughs> don't know. It was a long time ago that story I first heard. I think it heard like Football Focus or something like that when he first yeah, moved yeah, to yeah. Leicester. Something it's like a good story. Um, yeah. It also is yet another example of a big name who cannot hack it in Scottish football. <laughs> nah. Comes up here, thinks he can do it, then the weather just gives him a wee bit of a shock to the system, and they go running back home. Yeah, oh, where even is Riyad Mahrez now, huh? <laughs> exactly. I do, I do like this idea of a train uh, taking you to Glasgow Airport, though. What is this magical train in this <laughs> well-equipped city that has an airport with a train system? That that yeah. sounds like a good time. You just, you just get the simple bus for Paisley Gilmore Street. It's easy. What is Riyad Mahrez doing? Yeah. Thinking of these magical trains. Um, but there you go. Uh Submitting the nearly men, but St Johnston, a potential cup double. That is absolutely class. And why Callum Davidson should be getting manager of the season. But up next, it's third time lucky for Hibs. Uh, Harry, is there any truth in the rumours that you're off to Spain in the summer? Uh, 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 sorry, me, uh, me no hablo inglés. <laughs> what about one of the Manchester clubs? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's... Uh... Well, Harry, what about my source who says you're keen to stay at Spurs? <laughs> uh, can we keep the questions sensible, please? Kane's future at Spurs remains uncertain, but you're guaranteed to get money back as a free bet if one leg of your fourfold acre lets you down. Paddy Power! Max free bet £10, mid odds 1 to 5 on each leg. Online exclusive, exclude shop bets and enhanced match odds. T's and C's apply. 18 plus, begumbleaware.org. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, and now ad-free on The Athletic. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Boyle, Nisbet, Boyle. Deutsch is on his way, looked offside, but Deutsch does find the net. Christian Deutsch with a burning second goal. They're embracing the favourites tag this time. After Hamden heartbreak twice already this season, Hibs finally tasted victory at the home of Scottish football as they beat Dundee United 2-0 in Saturday's Scottish Cup semi-final. Nicky Mellon, folks, he accepted that the better team had won, but we all saw Nicky Mellon, definitely saw it. Christian Dodge was offside for the second goal that killed any hope of Dundee United getting back into it. Although they did try, Laura. Yeah, I, I did see the analysis the weekend saying that Deutsch was just offside, which wound me up a bit. You can't be just offside. You're either offside or you're not offside. He Especially was when you're much, at least a yard. Yeah, he was so much offside, there's no just in it. Um, but in saying that, regardless, I think United could still be playing today and they still wouldn't have scored a goal. That It was just never coming for them. So you can you can moan about the offside decision. It, it in reality, it didn't make a difference. What happened to the Dundee United side that beat Aberdeen? The, I mean, we were praising them so much after that game. I mean, there were people saying that that was the best performance they'd seen since the Jackie Mack era of, what, 2014? I mean, Dundee United fans have kind of been through it this season in terms of the, what their, the performances they've had to watch, the football they've had to endure and to be teased like that in one game, in a cup game as well, to think, wow, right, we've turned a corner here. We're, we're going places. It's finally clicked. Mickey Mellon, it's, it's working. Um, we secured survival and all that, right? Now we're going forward. But then it just sort of 
disappeared. They, they didn't perform the same way in the next league game. It was against Ross County last weekend. And then mm-hmm. and then it was the same old Dundee United turned up against Hibs, where there was just, there was no creativity, no excitement there. There was just, it just sort of fizzled out for them. They, they really struggled to, to create anything. I feel like I feel like they're really struggling with no width in the team this season. Mm. It, is, it is affecting, I think it's affecting Shanklin as well. I don't think we're seeing the best of him right now. And I just feel like, what has happened to them? Like, we got this glimmer of hope that, right, United are back in Scottish football and no, it just fizzled out for them. It was not a good performance. They they fizzle out uh, quite a lot this season. I think when when it's gone well for them early on in games, it tends to finish well with them. But when they have to battle into a game, I don't, I don't know, they're a bit of an enigma, Dundee United. But this game, JJ, it started fairly evenly for the first 20 minutes. But I, I noticed as well that United, had, Laura highlighted, they don't know where the goals are coming from. They'd scored 43 goals this season. Um, and when you look at the front three for Hibernian, as Dodge, Nisbet and Boyle, they'd, between them, scored 43 goals. And lo and behold, they were the three players that all made it difficult for Dundee United on the day. I mean, they have the better team, so like it's quite a good advantage to have <laughs> in, a, in any game, I suppose. Uh, that's a stupid bit of analysis. XG... Tells us it was very, very, very even. 1.2 for Dundee United, 1.2 for Hibs. Mm. So uh, it's not, I don't think anyone huge chances. Shanklin's got an XG of 0.83 in his own, which is, which normally turns into a goal. Mm. Um, and also maybe it is that they get they get up for big games and they let themselves down in, in games that they think they're going to just win. So I listened to an interview with uh, Jack Ross on the Hibs.pod podcast. It's really good. Um, any Hibs fans don't know about it, I'd have a listen. And uh, Jack Ross is quite honest, talks about lots of things. And one of the things he talks about is putting in, uh, trying to create this culture at the club. He's trying to create a winning culture and that needs lots of players to step up and be important. And um, lots of Hibs fans spoke about how they saw it in the, the last penalty shootout that they had. And they saw players like Dave Grain, like, step up and you know hands around each other they're all they're all creating a team unit so that's uh what the kind of thing they've been trying to do this is a big game they've stood up for it i expect them to fully be up for it against aberdeen on wednesday night because that's a big game as well mm-hmm. and that might be what we see is that uh, the hibs of next season have to be good in all of the games and not just the ones that they're kind of up for the one thing I noticed that was different from hibs compared to the the other semi-finals that they've lost in is that First, they, they, they scored first. Uh, and the, the two goals that they scored each time, it seemed to utterly deflate Dundee United. So the immediate reaction from United was, oh, we thought we were in this game and now we're not. Um, even just before 1-0, uh, Nisbet had flashed one just by the post. And then the, the second goal, which, OK, albeit offside, what an actual goal it was when you think that the, the combination of Boyle, Nisbet and Dodge uh, the the passing move that that was played there was absolutely superb, and you do wonder now if if Hibs can go into the final against St Johnston, which isn't going to be easy. Obviously, um, they win that, they finish third. Um, is that culture going to move into next season, Laura? Do you think Hibs are going into this as, as favourites? The final? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because they. I think Hibs definitely have better players, but Stones are playing as a real team with a bit of momentum about them just now. They're also very hard to play against and very aggressive, and they they get overloads at both ends of the pitch. Mm. So like they always seem to have quite a lot forward when they go, and they they aggressive when they push up. And then Hibs don't really. They have players like Boyle who are very good in the counter attack, 
They were hitting him every time, JJ. Every time Dundee United lost the ball in the final third, it was it was almost like get the ball to Boyle so that you can drag them back up the pitch because he's the one with the pace. Mm. I would agree with that. I I feel like Hibs it's a, a strange one this year. They're kind of like in the same way of, of submitting where do you reflect on this in years to come as a successful season? Yes, because of historically what happened on paper. They, they'll finish third, they'll get into Europe, they're in a cup final home. Got to a couple of semi-finals, but at the same time, I don't feel that the fans are completely happy with Jack Ross. Their results have been up and down. There hasn't been a consistency there, and even in this cup run in itself, I feel like as much as their goals were really well worked, they did well on Saturday. I still feel like they were slightly flattered by how badly Dundee United played, mm. which <laughs> I think was also the case in the quarterfinal. I feel like Motherwell didn't quite turn up for about eighty-two minutes. They took advantage of that. And then when Motherwell made a change um, and changed the, the, the formations around a bit, they struggled. And to be honest, after Motherwell scored two goals, Hibs didn't look like coming back into the game. And the only way they were going to progress was on the penalty kicks at the end. So, yeah, I feel like they've, they've actually got a wee bit lucky to get this far in the cup. And the way St Johnson are playing just now, I would probably hedge my bets on St Johnson, to be honest. Interesting. Well, I suppose it would be. It's a we've played at Hamden against each other already this season. Uh, St Mirren were uh, sorry, St Mirren, sorry, St Mirren. It was St Johnston. They were three 0 winners uh, in the semi finals of the League Cup. Uh, but if we look at Hibs, still, it's been a great week for them because you look at Josh Doig, awarded Young Player of the Year, beating the likes of Lewis Ferguson, David Turnbull, and and Nathan Patterson, who I think a lot of people were a bit confused about because he'd only completed ninety minutes in three Premiership games this season. Um, but what what makes uh, Doig such a good player, JJ? One we've spoke about throughout this season and well deserved, I think. It's that he's. I think he's one of these modern fullbacks in that they're, he's very good in the final third and he's very attacking. So he's not provided a huge amount of assists. So he's three assists he's provided this season, uh, which is decent enough, especially considering how young he is. Uh, and yeah, he's been just... He, he looks ready for the level he's at. Mm. And it's quite rare for players so young to come into a, a first team and be able to compete at that level straight away. I mean... It, a lot of people think that players improve over time, but often I think they're pretty much as good as they're going to be. They learn experience, and that helps in a lot of things. But uh, they're often as good, like their physical attributes. He's not going to get much faster, do you know? So what you see is is what you've got, and he's a good, a really good left back. Um, I don't think he's quite on Andy Robertson or Kieran Tierney levels, but what you see is a really determined young man. Uh, Ross speaks about him quite a lot in that podcast I mentioned before. Mm. The thing, like, it's interesting when you look at his uh, the season this year. So he started really well, and, and people were really excited. Like he had a good assist and a one 0 win against Dundee United, and he was really, really, really good in that. Um, it wasn't so good when it came to playing against Rangers. Hibs drew two all. And then he got taken off at half time when Celtic beat Hibs 3-0. And he had a bit of a wait before playing again against Killy and again taken off at half time. So you wonder whether Jack like whether Ross has kind of been trying to manage him a little bit, because obviously he's young and wants to bring him in. But uh after a few games where it's not looked quite so good, he's come into it again and started to look more confident and knows his role. And it gives Hibs uh the ability to play inside forwards and the left, so then he can overlap them, and that gives them options in attack, because it's not every fullback is that good at getting forward the final third and really affecting mm-hmm. play? You get a lot of them are just mm-hmm. good at helping the defensive unit. Um, I mean, look at St. Johnson, Sean Rooney, he's playing a wing-back, right? But uh, Doig is basically playing that same, almost like a wing-back role, but from a full-back position. And that's a really, really useful thing to have tactically. 
Um, oh, weirdly, who scored, um, what do you call it, like the average rating they give them? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewis Ferguson, David Turnbull, ahead of him perform. So. Oh, what do they know, eh? Oh, well, it doesn't mean uh, that much. It's just a, it's an algorithm. <laughs> it's an algorithm. You need your eyes, but yeah. Another good sign for Scotland to have a, a an up and coming left back. Laura. Yes. <laughs> but um, if we reflect a little bit ahead of the the final to come, no fans uh, are going to be there. Which is, I mean, St Johnston to reach two finals in a season and they don't have fans. It is such a kick in the teeth. Um, but a cherry on the end of the cake, not just the cup, folks. Um, because if if they win, if wh- whoever wins, uh, they'll go straight into the Europa League playoffs. But no fans, Laura, first and foremost. Yeah, um, this, uh, and you'll all be sick of me going on about lack of fans, um, but this is Up a next! Hor- We're this, is a hor- oh, sorry. <laughs> this is horrible. It's horrible for St Johnson fans especially to miss out twice in one season. But, like, do you know what the annoying thing is in this case is? The government are allowing fans to go to this game. They, they have said you can have 500 fans... That's it. You can have them. Just You don't even have to question that. Let 500 in. If you want more, you can apply to your local areas. In this case, I guess it would be wherever the, the, where the final is held, not where the clubs are from, um, to get more fans in. And right now, what is going on? There is a complete lack of communication from the SFA. Are they trying? We've, we're hearing that they've applied to stadiums such as Tynecastle, Murrayfield, Celtic Park, Ibrox, and, and for different reasons. That I feel like they're keen on giving Murrayfield money because it's, it's going out of football. Um, the Celtic Park is the Celtic are ripping up their pitch at the end of the season. Um, I really, I I feel like these are just so weak. These reasons for not moving this the, the ground, even the fact that they can't be played at Hamden. Um, so the real the reason is. That um, it's under UEFA control a month before the Euros. Yeah, 14th of May, Laura. Right, what is this? What is under UEFA control? Because there's talk of um, it's because there's renovation works going on. Right now, Hamden has been out of use for a year now. Why have those renovation works, why are they happening now? So late in the, the game. Wembley, for example, is getting fans in for their FA Cup final, despite being under UEFA control. Uh, yes, okay, they're not making renovation works, but it's a small percentage to get into the ground. So is it because it's been classed as a test event? Then why are we not counting the, the Scottish Cup final as a test event? Why why are we using the excuse of, oh, players want to play at Hamden, even at empty Hamden? I'm sorry, right, I'm not buying this one either. You speak to players this season, they miss the fans. Every player you will speak to will say they want to play in front of fans. I don't think they'll care if it's down a public park. If there's fans there, they would much rather play in front of them than an empty stadium, regardless of what stadium it is. I just feel that there's absolutely no communication here. There's not enough effort getting put into this. There's Who's trying? Who's actually wanting this in? We, used to, we were blaming it on the government before, and now the government aren't to blame. So why are we not getting fans into this uh, cup final? I just don't get it. As you've just been ranting, Laura, uh, we've just <laughs> been told by producer Charlie that Aberdeen have basically offered Pataudry as a location for the final. That's that's incredible. That's I mean, I'm surprised it's taken this long, actually. Um, but for a club to actually offer it up, brilliant. What's, what is possibly the excuse not to take it now? So I really, really hope that this goes ahead um, and it gets played at Pataudry. Brilliant. Up next, we are checking in on the championship. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, and now ad-free on The Athletic. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Right, time now to hear from our friends Paddy Power, courtesy of my best friend, producer Charlie. We'll be looking ahead to the midweek premiership fixture shortly. What have we got to look forward to? You've got Ross County v Hamilton to look forward to, which is the kind of thing I say to my son when he's been badly behaved. But not this season. Not if you love relegation six-pointers, because this should be a cracker. The Staggies have the home advantage and are the favourites of Paddy Power at 19-20. to Ackies are 14 to 5 with the draw at 23 to 10. Who's going to be first goal scorer? Possibly Billy Mackay, as we know. He scores when he wants, it's Billy Mackay. <laughs> but on this occasion, he's decided he wants to be the third player to score, behind Jordan White at 5 to 2 and Ollie Shaw at 11 to 4. If you want to bet on Billy to bulge to the back of the net first, he's 3 to 1. Bulge. Nice. <laughs> you can find oh these odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. So for 18s only, T's and C's apply. And when the fun stops, you should stop it. Wraith Rovers are through to the Championship playoff against Dundee for the opportunity to compete in the Premiership Promotion Relegation playoff. And I spoke earlier to Rovers midfielder Ross Matthews. Your career with Wraith Rovers, I mean, I know you signed um, from the youth setup and you've played under something like six different management teams. Uh, but John McGlynn, we all know well, he, he loves his football. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he, must be, he must be great to play under, but do you think he's made you a better player, maybe one of the best management teams you've worked under at Wraith? Oh, 100%. And to be fair, I think every interview I've done, people have said this, he's made me a better player. So I'm starting to think I was terrible before. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have to agree with it. He, he definitely has. And I think it just comes down, I've said it before, his attention to detail is incredible. He just, like you said, he loves football. He, any game we play or any opponents we're going to play, he'll watch every single game we can. And he just notices little things that you wouldn't notice, gives you tips and pointers. and. Yeah, 100% I've improved. It's not just improved me individually, but as a team, you see how far we've came. Only just got, obviously, I found it so difficult the first couple of years to get promoted. We got promoted, whether people think that's fair or not, we got promoted at the time of COVID. And then for us just to be promoted and to finish third in the league 
And then on the last game of the season, we're sitting in the change room, disappointed that we've actually came third and not second. Um, I think a few boys actually said that in the change room when we came third. I said, look how far we've came mm. from what we were before. We're actually sitting here disappointed after being a newly promoted team when most people out with the club at the start of the season would have tipped us as one of one of the favourites to be relegated back down to League One. So, yeah, it just, just shows the amount of work he's done and how big a part he's played in this team. Yeah. What did you think had happened to John after Gozi had scored that goal <laughs> and the celebrations and the interviews afterwards? He had to say why his face was so scuffed. Oh, it was so funny. I, well, I was <laughs> I was on the bench at the time. Uh, I just came off and obviously Gozi scored and it was me and Jamie Cullen were jumping about on the bench. And uh, I just turned around, I seen Smudger Paul Smith yeah. with blood running down his eye. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it was so funny. I think it was maybe Dave McGurn, the goalie coach, had accidentally pushed the gaffer into him. Uh, but it was funny as well, because before the game, Smudger was going on about <laughs> how everyone needs to win their wars and uh, win their fights, and everyone was giving him a bit of stick after the game, saying, did you win your fight in the dugout? Uh, and he was Brilliant. sitting there with a uh, bit of tissue holding it. It was funny for the rest of the game. <laughs> what, a, what a funny sight. Um, you, you, co- you come up against Dundee now, and uh, it's been, well, fair to say, quite a close battle with Dundee this season. Three times you've played them, a win a piece and a draw. So tough to call, but I'm sure you'll say it's going to be a Wraith win, right? I hope so. <laughs> hope so. Definitely believe we can win. Um, we've watched Dundee. We've watched the previous game. I'm sure they've watched us. So um, you never know exactly fully what to expect. You never know what's going to happen. But we've played them enough times this season. We know what they're like. They've got very good players going forward, in my opinion. They're always capable of scoring goals. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game. But like I said, I don't don't see why we shouldn't be, be scared. I don't see why we can't go there and win. And we've worked so hard to get to this stage mm. that you never know what's going to happen now. No, you don't. You don't. I was speaking to um, a Wraith Rovers fan at the weekend saying that, well, he's quite worried that, uh, well, he was worried before the season had began that you might become the whipping boys of the league um, if you <laughs> if you go up a level. But you must be relishing the opportunity to even take, well, it's your team, isn't it, up to the Premiership? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, I've been there for a long time. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that Ray fan's scared would be the whipping boys. But <laughs> even, even if we went up, there's no reason to be scared. I think we've got good enough players. And yeah, I don't... I don't see why, even if we went up to the Premiership, we couldn't hold our own. We'd strengthen again, get more players. And if that did come to that, it'd be the same attitude that we had when we got promoted to the Championship, that we wouldn't, obviously our aim would be to stay up, but there's nothing to be scared of. I think that's a good thing about this team, that everyone's very confident in their own ability and going onto the pitch and confident in what the manager wants us to do. And don't see why we can't do that. Because, of course, the last time Wraith Rovers were in the Premiership, I think you were barely a year old. Yeah, was that 19... Was it 1995? 96, 97 was the year oh, that you ended up going down. Oh, yeah. The, yeah I've just, just been born, 96. So, Bloody yeah, it'd be something, it would be something special. 
I, I remember actually you saying you were from from Edinburgh before. I've, I've listened to a previous interview with you because I think the interviewer brought up the fact that uh, you were very close to going to uni and, and going to study engineering, weren't you? But football for for most young lads is probably the easiest decision to make. <laughs> oh, 100%. percent. I'm saying that though. I'm going next year, so Are I'm you? actually co- yeah. I'm going. I'm going part time. Uh, not as in part time football, but part time uni. So, um, is it Harriet Watt again? Was it that was the uh, no, just just the Open University. Um, that's all I'm able to do at the moment, just because we'll be in full time at football. But it's just got to a stage. I was obviously at Rafe. It was just kind of one year deals and all that. And every year I was thinking, what am I going to do if I need to go part time? And I think it's just got to that stage. I, I think right, I actually need to maybe do something here. Um, so I find my new deal with Rafe and then uh, part of that I was wanting to go to uni so yeah it kind of all worked out a bit of security for myself and uh, some plans for after football maybe Before we leave the championship uh, we should mention Partick Thistle because when we spoke to Matt Greer last week about whether or not they would lift the League One Championship trophy, they they did lift it um, on a Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, JJ. Do you like mornings? There's no better time to lift a trophy. Also, rather than, uh, we discussed this in the WhatsApp, rather than uh, drinking booze out of it, which is what you're supposed to do, you could instead pour your Rice Krispies into it. And then uh, whatever kind of milk you like. On the oat milk these days, Slavin? Uh, and surely whatever kind of cereal you would like. But interesting, you no. would go for Rice Krispies. Only Rice Krispies can go on Because it's cup. Snap, Crackle, Pop. Exactly, which is the sound of winning. And the sound of fireworks, <laughs> too. So it gives that... Which, which you wouldn't see on a Wednesday morning at 10.30 in the morning. Yeah, and you can't eat either. Uh, Laura, what cereal would you have in a cup? Oh, Cocoa Pops. Not many coming to Motherwell, to be fair. But there you go. <laughs> Cocoa Pops. Although... I say Cocoa Pops, definitely Lidl's own Cocoa Hoops is far superior. Well, Interesting. They, aren't they Weetos? <laughs> aren't, that's what Weetos are meant to be, aren't they? Remember, there's a mad scientist who invented them. <laughs> that's, he's meant to be some crazy scientist. So like, oh, but, and he lives in this castle on top of a hill with all lightning coming out. Now you have to be careful of that guy. What is he? He's, he's, cra- he's crazy, he's crazy. What have you invented? Is it some sort of death ray? Let's have a quick look at Wednesday's Premiership fixtures. Uh, penultimate round of the season. Rangers don't get to lift a trophy until Saturday at Ibrox, but they are going for an unbeaten season. They've got Livingston, um, who have lost three in a row in the Premiership. So, it's going to be another defeat <laughs> <laughs> for Livingston, uh, most likely. Um, but like uh, Charlie mentioned earlier, Ross County against Hamilton. What an absolute... Humdinger, this is set out to be, Laura. Oh, I can't wait for this one. This is great. And I think I touched it last week. I love it. I'm not involved in the relegation battle anymore, so I can just sit back and watch it and uh, enjoy as the drama unfolds. Um, yes, yeah, as, as one of your rivals could be re- relegated. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, Laura. Just relieved it's not us, that's all. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, this is what this is what we love about the split. It it means that you're playing directly against the teams that you're fighting for your life against. What what better fixture could you hope for? Absolutely. Um, Ross County, home advantage, JJ, but no John Hughes, because he said about some referees uh, that they have a personality bypass when they put the wee uniform on, so he got a ban. <laughs> Oh, no. I didn't know that. I didn't Classic that Yogi. That's, that's brilliant. 
But listen, JJ, Hamilton could get relegated. Yep, or they could win and go up to 10th, which is where they will stay. Who knows? I know. <laughs> you don't like predictions, JJ, I know. No. Uh, but a uh, huge one for Kelly as well. Um, they're 11th and they play St Mirren, who now have nothing to play for. But if you think about Ross County and Hamilton playing each other, this could really get them kind of safe, potentially. I don't know. You tell me, one of you. Uh, well, the thing with these sorts of games that we talked about, I think, last week is that because Killy need to win this, they're going to be right onto it, and they, it's a lot of pressure to win it, but you think they have more motivation. However, that might turn into overplaying and overthinking, rushing, and then Simon not wanting to play for and they can sort of turn up, and that might be perfect for them to uh, just get a win they don't even need. Who knows? And in a game that, I don't know, it's not even really a... a oh, no, yeah, Aberdeen could steal third, couldn't they, JJ? If they beat um, Hibs 5-0, yeah. <laughs> is, is there a big uh, goal difference? Uh, yeah, I think Aberdeen didn't play Rangers in the last day of the season, I think. And, uh, I mean, Rangers are going to go unbeaten all season long. It's only if Hibs make a mistake, which you think they probably wouldn't now. Maybe mm-hmm. they could, but yeah. If Aberdeen beat Hibs about 5 or 6-0, then they can climb above them. That's <laughs> not going to happen. So, And then, Laura, uh, was it Dundee United, your favourite team to talk about? <laughs> Against Motherwell, uh, and then Celtic against St Johnston. Two games, not of much interest, I don't think. Yeah, it's kind of got an end of season feel to them, hasn't it? Um, mm. But I guess it gives these teams a chance to try out some new ideas. Maybe try out some players that haven't had a chance yet. Maybe looking forward to next season. And from a Motherwell perspective, I'm just hoping it's not as bad as it was on Boxing Day when we conceded a last minute equaliser after having about. 27 shots on goal um, and ended up drawing one each when United had about one shot on goal. So hopefully better from a little perspective. I I think it's fair as well, before we end the podcast, uh, to mention about the the, the playoffs that are going on as well. Kelty Hearts are going to be playing Brecon, um, I think on the 18th of May in the final, uh, to see who stays in League 2 or goes up to League 2. So Kelty beat Broader Rangers 6-1 on aggregate. Um, and then the other ones that are going on that still have second legs to go, I think a few of them are getting played tomorrow night and on Wednesday. I should say Tuesday night because we record this on a, on a Monday. Um, but interesting ones to be seen. Dumbarton against Stranraer, that's 0-0. Uh, Edinburgh City and Elgin City, uh, both hoping to go up to the Championship. So it's, it's pretty mental down there, but very, very exciting. Um, but I'll end it there. Thanks, JJ. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Wow, you didn't expect me to thank you there. No, I, wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to anything you were saying there. <laughs> thank you, Laura. You are most welcome. There you go. Thanks to Ross Matthews as well for talking to us. Absolute class. A good day for a pod. We'll be back next Tuesday with more pods. Um, have a great week. Oh, thanks to producer Charlie as well. Bye. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything totally at thetotallyfootballshow.com and by following at the Totally Show on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Totally Scottish Football Show is a Money Needs Media production and sponsored by Paddy Power. The Athletic.